right, everybody's starting to show up now. Matthew Travis in the house. Rob Nussbaum, he's going to be on with us in the second part of the hour for a killer, killer tech piece on generators, man. If you ride anything from a panhead the whole way back through the history of Harley Davidson, you're going to want to make sure you tune in for that. Kelly Weidman back in the hot tub. That's what's up. Lisa Ballard, good to see you here. Walter Bednarski, New Jersey, checking in. We got our Jersey crowd with us, man. <laughs> My choppers, chopping block on wheels right now. That's all right. That's all right. Spring's right around the corner. Get busy. Poppy's in the house. Detroit, blue collar build off. What's up, man? Ray Roman, good to see all you guys. Jason Sims in the house. Jason's probably here to check out that generator bit Rob's doing later on. Man, um, appreciate all the support and love you guys are giving us all the time. Remember, you can do your part just by mashing the like and share button. Tell everybody out there that uh, we're going live with Shop Talk in just two and a half minutes. Stick around. Holman checking in with us. I don't even want to talk to you. It's probably sunny where you're at. Probably riding motorcycles and doing summer stuff. God. Two and a half feet of snow outside of my office door right now. As I can watch on the monitor stream and see my wife make faces about me. Exaggerating a little bit. But what does she know? Deadline for blue collar build off entry is tomorrow. Donor picks must be in by the 14th. Troy, digging our show. Thank you so much. Can hardly wait for tonight. Hey, like I said, on the second part of the hour, Rob Nussbaum coming in and doing a generator tech piece. It's going to be awesome. We worked all day today getting those pieces together. He worked all week on it. I just had to sort it out going to be fantastic. Chad Smiley, what's up? Enjoying our snowstorm here in PA. It's right now. It's snowing everywhere across the Midwest, up through Pennsylvania. But damn the torpedoes. we got shop talk going on, so it's two wheels and sunshine. Get ready. seconds left. I almost missed the beginning of my own show. Jesus. Let's get this one out of the station up on the tracks and go live with this week's episode of Shop Talk. Here we go.
Okay, scooter tramps and chopper jockeys all across the land. Welcome to Sunday here in the Source Studios, 50 floors below the street level, right? 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 And thank God, because it's snowing like hell out there. But hey, it's going to be a great show tonight with us inside. Two wheels and sunshine, we're ready to go. Can't wait till spring gets here. So good to see all you guys tuning in tonight. Um, coming to you live every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio here at Source Headquarters. I'm Chris Callen, Cycle Source Magazine. I'm going to be your host tonight. And uh, let me bring in my crew right off the bat. What's up, everybody? Hey. Hiya. How are we doing tonight? I'm wonderful. I'm so happy to be back with you. According to you. <laughs> Mark, I'm so listen, how many times in different ways can I tell you I'm sorry? Mark and I had a twenty four hour road trip from hell. We literally left it was like five in the morning. Yeah. Five in the morning yesterday, didn't get back until five in the morning today, spent the entire day with Mr. Austin Andrella. So, so good. Boy, like, can he dance. <laughs> he can. Just so all y'all know, Chris's nickname is Big Fish. Figure it out. Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, my wife. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that one alone. <laughs> but it was, it was like 5 in the morning. We got home like... Yeah. You know, three, you three, three, three. I mean, that's close to a 24 hour day. Jesus, give me a break. Feet, two inches. It's all the same. Hey, it looked like 10 inches to me. I'm just saying. <gasps> all matters if there's a picture of that fish. Anyway, we spent the entire day with Austin. We were doing a uh, welding seminar that was absolutely killer. We went through every step of welding from setup to um doing right off the bat mild steel we moved to um stainless we moved to aluminum which was in, oh no in the middle we did chrome ollie yes but um austin helped us out and this is the stainless piece that i got to work on so not all these welds are mine and i'm not going to show only, you only the bad ones are austin's i'm not going to show you which one is mine and which ones are austin's because then uh, you know i'm, I'm just going to suck up the credit because he's an incredible welder that cat is too good. He's all right, but that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be available real soon on a full length grease and gears garage uh, program that we do. It's you know forty five minutes to an hour where we go and we visit a builder. We do a whole story about them, and in the middle, we um, concentrate in the garage on their one of their specialties. And with Austin was absolutely welding. So with well, dancing, with dancing yeah. too, but mostly welding and squirrel wrangling. <laughs> little squirrel wrangling too so um i appreciate his help with that he also was helping us with the uh the um iron e. flying pistons iron e custom iron that we're working e. on heather you have that frame with you showed him the frame oh boy oh geez excuse me props props man <laughs> wow she's breaking it good she just put a neck in it. Oh, she chipped it. She chipped oh. the paint. Now I'm, I broke it. I know what you guys are gonna say <laughs> right off the I bat. Your motorcycle you're, you're gonna say why? Why are the top frame legs and the back cut off? It is aluminum, and I hate it. It's ancient Chinese secret. But why are they cut off, and that frame's not in a jig? Cause, because <laughs> we said so. Because it's a bicycle, and we have a magic torch. So, <laughs> so lots of stuff going on in the garage. Um, we got the twisted T bill going on, and uh, everything. Get Rich Petoniak working on the shovel head motor for that. Um, 
plenty to get to tonight, so we're gonna we're gonna let her rip right off the bat. Uh, in case this is your first time watching Shop Talk, this is what we do every Sunday. 90 to 120 minutes of all the bullshit we fit. And we started off with a little program we call the news. I guess this is first up in the news tonight. <clears throat> Bagger Racing League announced. Last year, before last year, there were no Bagger Racing Leagues. Now, two of them. Oh, boy. Um, this one, Rob Bidos and John Oaks announced the new Bagger Racing League BRL race series on January 25th at the V-Twin only track day held at Chuckawalla Raceway in Southern California. Drag Specialty signed on as a title sponsor and RLNS Motorcycles committed to hosting a custom bike show at each BRL next. Don't you hate these sites? Lost that... your audio. Huh? Somebody's yelling. Lost whose audio? What is that? People are, people are yelling. Your audio cut out for a second. Now, I can, I can see it. You're good now, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's snowing out just a little by now. It is snowing, right? It's snowing. That's what's wrong. It's snowing in the office right now. So, oh, my goodness. Well. I almost feel like what, we should. What was, uh, the, what was the name of that racetrack? And that was fun. That was fun to say. Chuckawalla. Chuckawalla. Damn. Going for bagger racing to Chuckawalla. I'm gonna go see one of those races. Who is who is the sinner that's been living a lie? I don't know. I'm not sure who that is. Nate All Brown. right, I'll take the hit. You'll take the hit. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the news. So, um, we were on Bagger Racing League. Yes. Uh, when Richard Mason discovered the hit, no. What are you watching? It's you these sites. At? It's these sites that carry news that like you you got to go to the next button to read more. So ah. go check them out. Bagger Racing League. Next up, Chuckawalla. By the way, <laughs> Chuckawalla Speedway. <laughs> this is from the reporter Harold, uh, world's largest biker bar to open distillery in Estes Park. Subject to former reality TV series, Full Throttle Saloon buys Bob and Tony's Pizza. Clarifies that it won't become a biker bar. I like pizza. What's wrong with biker bars? Uh, there's pizza on them. I like him even better. Right. So uh, after the owner of the world's largest biker bar announced on a Facebook video January 22nd, he had bought Bob and Tony's Pizza in downtown Estes Park. He spent the next week assuring concerned residents that he was planning a boutique distillery, not a full bore, full throttle saloon. I bet he did. Yeah. You can imagine those people oh losing their shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, good luck to Michael on his uh, on his endeavors there. And she I think Peppy Steve, <laughs> this is going to be such a hard show to get through. Dude, we had so many movie one liners yesterday. I, I know. I've been doing them all day. It was it, dude. It was nonstop. It, it was, was non. I I never met a person that could keep up with us so well <laughs> with one liners for movies. It was it was pretty good. You, when you stop welding to throw a one liner out from a movie, <laughs> you know you're having fun. Heather, you still with us? Oh, boy. Nope. Yeah, that's what I thought she was going to say. She got quiet. She's I'm mad because I told her not to hate me because I'm beautiful. Hey, do me a favor and log out and try that's to log. That's not why I hate you, Mark. It's oh, okay. It's okay, good. Sorry. Log out and try to log back in because your uh, your feed got screwy. I don't know if your computer's doing something oh, does weird. Does that mean I'm off tonight? Oh, no. Now, yes. you're on, now you're on tonight. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, so what else can I tell you about? Uh, Daytona plans are coming up strong. Um Obviously, we'll be at Willie's on Thursday like every other chopper-loving idiot on the planet. That'll be killer. 
Kelly Weidman, I just bought a family-style restaurant. Rumors are that I'm turned into a biker bar. Just want to add a... <laughs> <laughs> It's great. I love our crowd. But we have pizza because I like pizza. You like pizza? That's what's up. <laughs> did, did they think that the neighborhood wasn't going to question if he was going to put a full-blown, full-thrawler? I mean, when you see the guy walking down the street, it's the first thing you think of. But seriously, I mean, did you? let's go back. Let's go back and look at the, look at the front of this joint. I don't even know if it's big enough to be a full-throttle saloon. Yeah, I know, but with his talents, he'd wreck that bitch. You know what he's going to do. I mean, look what he does every with everything else he has. He knows well, how to put it together. It looks like Steve Burrells is challenging us to uh, to movie quotes. Oh, oh he, boy. He threw up Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> Heather, you're back. Am I? No, you're still bad. We're going to keep going with that, though. Um, let's take a look at... Uh, Let's take a look at a commercial real quick and see if I can figure out what's going on with Heather's computer. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm with Banks Brothers Motorcycles. One of the things I want to show you today is our new improved engine puller. The changes to this machine has been in the arms and in the hands. We put hind joints in the hand to allow rotation of the engine which makes it easier to get it in and out of the frame. With the angle change, we have equal clamping pressure on them. And over here we have what's called the posi lock, which allows this to be locked in place and the engine can't swing from side to side. And we're going to show you just how easy it is to pull the motor out of the bike right now. George is actually going to come in, make contact with the cylinders, tighten it down, and pull it out of there. You'll lift it up, rotate it, and bring the assembly out of the frame. You see the motor starting to move and it centers itself. This allows no side play once the motor's in place and it keeps it safe, it can't fall out, Visit BanksBrothersMotorcycles.com to order your bank slip. From Metzler after bit. Heather, you with us now? Are you good? Um, I think. Yep. I think there we go. You tell me. Okay, so. Oh, I'll tell you. It may be the snow. Who knows? Um, crazy things go on here usually when it snows. But we're back on the air, and uh, we're going to go straight to our guest now. Um. So I've been a I've been a longtime fan of this cat for his photography. Um flipping through social media the the pictures that he does with pinups and motorcycles and stuff i really really dig them and heather got to you actually got in touch with him a little while back about photography and stuff right yeah so um 
we kind of played a little bit of tag and we had asked somebody down at um, CF Wheels of Steel show to have their bike shot and uh, it's it'll ride choppers and they knew they knew Eric and he shot the bike and you know one thing led to another and we finally connected after quite a long time because like you I'm a huge fan of his work like everything he does is spot on and then in the few conversations we've had he does so much more and has such an extensive history in photography that I just think he'd be really cool cat to talk to and uh He's got some cool stuff going on, so Eric Runyon. Right on. Hey guys, how's it going? Good buddy, how are you? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. I, I, I think it's a lot nicer down here than it is up there. Oh, absolutely. But that's- Everybody's in better weather, I think. But you, you gave a shout out to Jason. He's about 25 minutes from me. Oh. We had, it was 80 and sunny today, so. Oh, you know. that's just not even fair. <laughs> well, you know, it's okay to be it's okay to be in winter in Florida, but uh, you know, for me, the warmer it is, the more my allergies act up. So, it's going to be probably hard for you to get hard for me to get any sympathy from you guys for my allergies today. But yeah. you know, it can be worse. Well, let's. Uh, you know, we were just just on here singing your songs of praise for your your creativity and your abilities. Let's talk about that before we get to the reason that we brought you on tonight, and tell everybody a little bit of your backstory, your history of how you got into this work. Well, I got into motorcycle photography about 12 years ago. Um, I've been shooting commercial photography for about 20 years. Uh, my first job was working at a newspaper, moved down to Florida and started working with Universal Studios, which, you know, I came down to Florida like any other red-blooded guy with a camera in my hand. I wanted to shoot girls in bikinis. Um, I've always yeah. ridden motorcycles. So I moved down to Florida and got, I got hired by... Um, I uh, started working with Hawaiian Tropic many, many, many years ago. Started shooting a um, bikini contest and advertising. From there, I went to Hooters, and then I went to magazines like Playboy and Maxim and all that other stuff. And I worked in the fitness and, and, and body game for a good almost 10 years. Um, like I said, I've always ridden motorcycles. I've been riding since I was about 10 years old, 12 years old. My I had my driver's license. I had a Honda Hawk 400 automatic. It's my oh, very boy. first motorcycle ever. And um, so I had some, I needed some work done here at a local shop. I needed a hardtail put on a, on a sporty frame and nobody else would touch it because it was a new bike. And uh, my buddy over at um, um, Santiago Chopper, which is not a little longer around here, he said, sure, I'll do it. So I took the bike over there and a few days later, he said, you know, Discovery Channel is going to be in town. and." could you just come to the shop and take some pictures of me behind the scenes just to have for my family, you know, just as a keepsake. And I said, sure. So, um, I started shooting and a few days later, um, I started, they asked the, the producer of the show, which was called cafe racer, asked me if I'd start shooting stills for the show. So I ended up starting shooting the show ran for about six years. I ran, I uh, started shooting the beauty shots and the stills, um, the theme song, the, the opening credits, they had a lot of stills that were mine and, from there, I, I branched out and, and, and worked on several other shows with the production company. And before I knew it, I mean, I was working with everything from uh, Yamaha to Harley Davidson Motor Clothes to liquor companies for lifestyle ads. And uh, honestly, it was like a little flick of a light switch. I went from, you know, the, the style and the fashion and the swimwear and the fitness to, to motorcycles. And, um, you know, I, I couldn't have been happier. 
some people don't believe me that I went from girls to motorcycles. It, it, you know, for a while there, I never shot girls with motorcycles because I thought it was too cliche. And I was actually, honestly, as an artist, I was kind of bored with it. So I really got to function. I, I really got to focus on the bikes for a few years until people started realizing that I had a background in the fitness and fashion and style and the glam game. And my clients started asking for more and more pictures of girls with bikes. So that's kind of what's kept me busy the last couple of years. And uh, I'm not complaining, you know, I get, I get to change it up a lot. I shoot some, a lot of shoots are just bikes. Sometimes I'm on location. Sometimes I'm in the studio. Sometimes I add both, you know, and I guess my, my job as a photographer when I'm shooting these girls is, you know, I, I want it to be, I want it to be, classy i want it to be uh, shot in a way that when a, when a girl writer looks at these magazines and looks at these pictures on social media i don't want her to be put off i want her to go i want to be that chick and on the other hand when i see the guys you know when the guys look at the pictures i want them to want the girls too so you know Absolutely. i've got to i've got to walk a fine line there so i try not to be too sexy but i try to do just enough to, to keep your attention well and you know that's that's one of the things i like man because we do our we do a pinup page every month and like I, I just really dig the fact that you, you know, what, what you said, you capture that, you capture that image so well. And the, the idea of a girl with a bike that, you know, you can have that up on the garage wall. It's, it's appropriate for, for guys to be there, but it also stands for, you know, almost like the, the empowerment of women in motorcycling today too. You know, you Correct. That. And then, you know, there's a huge movement in women in motorcycling. I, one of the publications I worked for a few years ago, was called Modern Mono, and it was geared specifically only to the woman rider, and I loved it. And um, you know, it's it's been a, it's been a man's game for so many years, but you know, women have the money, and, and you know what, they get into it just like us. They like to wear the clothes, they like to talk the talk, they like to write their choppers, their baggers, whatever. They're, they're as much into it as we are. So, for me, um, it's it's important that I would say ninety percent of the girls that I feature in the bike shots are riders. Um, if they're not riders, they're with somebody that owns a motorcycle or they're very involved in the motorcycle industry. I think I think it shows in the pictures as opposed to just, say, a glam model standing next to a motorcycle. Uh, I, I play guitar as well. And I, I, would look, I remember looking at guitar magazines and you'd see a model on the cover with a guitar and she was holding it all wrong. And you, and you knew just from the picture right. that she had no idea what she was doing. <laughs> so, you know, I want, I want the pictures of the girls that I have with the motorcycles. So I want them to look comfortable. I want them to be relatable. And more than anything, you know, the sexy stuff will take care of itself. So, um, you know, like I said, it's really important that they're they're part of the, the, the industry and part of the game as well, because I, I think it's more relatable. Well, and, you know, in addition to... Uh capturing that side of motorcycling and that you know and those images that come out of that i really dig your your lifestyle stuff when it comes to some of the builders you know i've seen a lot of your stuff and i have a shot here that you turned in from bill dodge and i i remember this image the first time that i saw it but it it is just so clearly anybody who knows bill and thinks about him sitting in his shop hammering out work like that's that just screams bill dodge well, yeah, you know, I've been lucky enough that if I haven't worked with a builder, I don't know a builder personally. You know, it's kind of like seven degrees to Kevin Bacon. It's probably about one or two degrees to somebody that I really admire as a fabricator or a builder. And anytime that I've reached out to somebody, they've, they've welcomed me with open arms. And Bill is a great example. Him and, and Billy Lane both. Um, they I was introduced to them by, by a, a, a mutual friend. And, and Bill was like, dude. 
anytime you want to come into my shop with your camera, you can hang out as long as you want. And, uh, you know, whatever you need, just let me know. And so I took him up on it and, and him and, and Billy as well. And I went into their shop one morning, not knowing him from Adam. I basically, I met both, I met Bill, Bill Dodge at, at Willie's. Um, you know, and you know how Willie's is. Willie's gets kind of crazy and it's kind of hard to talk and have any conversation. So it was just a 30 second conversation, but I followed up with him. I went to his shop one morning and I ended up spending about, geez, eight or nine hours there. And I talked to him a little bit. I try to stay out of everybody's way and try to be the proverbial fly on the wall. But I just really appreciate what these guys do as artists. I think that's my job as a photographer. My, my work as a photographer is never about me. Um, I'm glad people like to see my work, but I envy these guys. I, I really envy them. I wish I had the talent that they did going clear back to the days of motorcycle mania when I saw Jesse James on his first documentary and I thought it blew my mind. I said, Oh my God, I want to be him, but I can't be him. Cause I don't know any type of fabricator. I don't know my way around a tool, but I do know my way around a camera. So, you know, when I got the opportunity to work with Bill, he just let me in and he was such a caring, giving individual. He's such a great guy and made me comfortable. And that's as, that's as important as the subject being comfortable with me. We, we were just really comfortable with each other. We got some great images and I've been back to his shop several times since, and he's turned me on and, and introduced me to other people as well. And like I said, it's, it's never about me. It's, it's about the guys and what they do because these guys are true artists. I, I learned on the, um, worked on the telephone, you know, television show that we have 18 to 22 minutes to show a bike from beginning to end. And you just don't get that. And it's not real life. There's so much that goes on, so much blood, sweat, and tears. These guys sometimes will lay awake at night. Do I pay the light bill or do I buy that front wheel? I mean, uh, not sometimes. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and my job is to try to bring all that work out of the, you know, for these guys and show everybody. Yeah, we like to see the pretty motorcycles, but I want them to see. I want the viewers to see these pictures and go, okay, this guy is a, is a hard worker and they're also hard players as a, as a photograph that you're showing now. You know, I like, to, I like to see, I like to show not only the builders, but the people that are having fun in the lifestyle. Yeah. Um, if you can pick up that, the enjoyment, the pure enjoyment of, of riding the choppers and the camaraderie of the people that you're hanging out with. And, you know, if I can do that, then I feel like I've done my job. Well, and that's for sure, man. I mean, you know, even flipping through the stuff that we were while you were talking, you can just, you can just see how much you appreciate the life, the lifestyle personally. That's the only way, you know, like I always say when we have the opportunity for like a Jeff Cochran, Jeff takes pictures of motorcycles as, as well as he builds them. And it's usually the case, like a bike builder knows the right profile to look at a motorcycle to take the pictures, you know, and, and it takes the same kind of thing with, with somebody who has to understand our lifestyle and understand that the passion and the commitment and everything that goes into it before they're going to get that stuff that expresses it so well. Yeah. And you know, you brought up Jeff's name. I mean, Jeff is one of those builders. I've, he's kind of eluded me. He's supposed to have been at events that I was going to be at and something happened and vice, you know, either he was there or I wasn't there. I've always wanted to meet him. I talked, he probably doesn't remember this, but I talked to him on the phone maybe 10 years ago. I was doing my first motorcycle calendar and that was when he was working at Sucker Punch Sally's and I called him up and asked him if it would be possible to use his bikes from, you know, some of the images for my calendars with the girls. He didn't know me from Adam. He said, sure, man, just let me know what you need. He, they were selling some of the bikes up at uh, Ross Meyer, Harley Davidson and Destination Daytona. He's like, I'll get in touch with them. Let them know what you, you know, what you need and we'll make it happen. And, uh, I really, I, I ended up not having to use those bikes. I did find other stuff, but he was just, you know, another one of those people. I think 
I think these people, not them, but all of us in the industry, when we when we meet somebody that is just truly eats, sleeps, and breathes what we do, when it's industry related, we all get it, and we just want to help each other. That's that's one of the things I really love about this industry. Is, you know, sometimes there's competitions at bike shows, but at, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of these guys that are in competition with each other, they get together weeks before, months, and they plan together. And hey, I don't have this part. Do you have that part? And can you come help me do this? And I'll help you do that. And they all help each other. And it's really, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, friendships built and there's a lot of camaraderie in the industry. And I love it. Well, I still remember the, uh, the um, episode of Biker Build-Off that had Indian Larry and Billy Lane on it. Oh, yeah. For the first time in the build-off together. And at that time, they, you know, Biker Build-Off tried to make a big hype out of the competition and this guy versus that guy. And Larry was really the first one. Like, they got up the one morning, Billy's bike was taking a shit, and, and you know, instead of Larry taking off, he sat there and he helped him work on the carburetor. And I remember, like the straights all being like, oh, my God, you know, Indian Larry is so magnanimous. And he was, and I'm not saying anything bad about yeah. Larry. But that's that's a story that plays out over and over again in our culture, you know. Yeah. Through yeah. the whole industry. It's yeah. it's absolutely not that, that competition it, it first. It is a brotherhood, that's for sure. Yeah. No, it think is. about when we were at the Lone Star Rally doing the In Motion show. Oh, yeah. You had a whole segment of competitors. They were competing builders, all trying to win $10,000. They all held back their ride that day for one rider. Yeah, to fix a clutch, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, and nobody was like, they they weren't like, oh, it's a competition, I gotta go, I gotta go. They all waited and made sure he was good and back on the road and, you know. That's one of the cool things, too, is, you know, like you're saying that, you know, in your passion, uh, in your passion of taking your photographs, just like the builders and their passion of building they don't lose their passion for caring for other people and helping other people. And obviously I think that shows in the building, like you saying with Jeff to meet Jeff, you know, Jeff's a good photographer. Jeff's a great builder. He's a good friend of, of ours. And, uh, and, and there's another guy that will go out of his way to help. But when he's done, like, you know, looking at your pictures, there's flow. Like you don't go for the obvious, you know what I mean? You almost grab, it almost looks like you, you do some building or want to do some building yourself. You catch good, good directions and good angles and, Look, you know, I, I am a frustrated builder. Um, when I first started working with Cafe Racer, I had the um, luxury of living across the neighborhood from a uh, really a real, world premier builder. He, his name was Greg Hagman from um, Chop Docs or Docs Chops. I was getting getting it mixed up with Ron's place up in Daytona, yeah. but um, he specializes in turning Vragos into Cafe Racers. And, um, he's the one that really got me interested in, you know, he gave me my, you know, the first angle grinder and a little bit of cutting and welding. And he gave me a little bit of taste of it. And and I really, not only was I thankful for that opportunity, but it showed me even more how much work goes into these builds, you know, so I appreciated it even more. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a frustrated builder. I wish I could be these guys, but I can't be these guys. So the best thing that I can do is take the talent that I have with a camera and show the world that these guys are, are, are the bomb, man. They're just, they're just great artists and they deserve every bit of recognition. And I, I know most of them are not even in, rec- in, in it for the recognition, but the art needs to be recognized, you know? Well, I think one of the things that you succeed at is while they, while the majority of them can build beautiful machines, they're not always good storytellers. They don't know how to tell their story and show the world what they're doing. And that's where you come in. 
you tell their story look in a way that, that they look can. Look at that picture. Yeah, look picture. at that picture. That's incredible. And you but, know, but that, you know the, the backstory on that is um, we were doing, we were shooting this uh, bike. We, this, that was the Glam Ferry with Eric and F&A. And, uh, you know, it's just like social media and photography. Sometimes it's all smoke and mirrors and everything looks happy. And, you know, everybody's, everything's going great. But I, I can remember we were out doing that show. Now, I'm lucky enough that Eric from F&A Custom Cycles, he's 15 minutes from my place, too. I'm right in the middle of a hot bed of a bunch of builders. Within two hours away, I've got everybody. But even within 30 minutes, I've got some great builders in the area. But that, that specific shoot, I remember I had my kids in the car there at the time. They were about six and four on their iPads. We were parked along a country road, not too far from his place. And he, he would ride past me and I'd take a shot and he'd turn around, do a U and come back. And we kept going, he kept doing passes. Well, one time I looked down where he was doing a U-turn and he was laying on it. The bike was laying on his side and I think he cut it too quick and had to lay it down. And I started running to him at full speed. By the time I got halfway to him, he had already had picked it back up and said, I'm good. And we kept on shooting. So um, I would say, you know, that, that shot there was a setup shot, but I really don't like to set my work up unless it's in a studio or with a model. Or the if it looks like that. Up, the, <laughs> yeah, or if it looks like that, Mark said. <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit set up. But, the, um, you know, um, I really like just to let things flow. I'll, I'll go to a show and, you know, Mike is a lot like I, Michael Lichter. He, we and him, him and I have kind of the same type of uh, flow when we go to like Willie's or go to these other events and, where we we have blinders on. I mean, we're we're looking everywhere, but we don't see anything. If that makes any sense, we don't. You know, I, I'll walk past really great friends. I'll walk past people I've known for years just because I'm so focused on looking for that next shot. And uh, I was I was having a conversation with Michael Lichter oh a couple months ago, and I, and I apologized to him. I said, "Man, I said every time I see you at a show, it's usually in you know at the very end when we're passing and we're both leaving." And I said, "I don't want you to feel like it." I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be rude. I said, I'm just so focused. I just don't, I don't see you until the very end. He said, you know what? I'm the exact same way. He said, don't let it bother you. We both got jobs to do. We got, we got pictures to take and people to see and stories to tell. And I said, you're right, man. So, you know, that's the, that's what that's all about. We just, we just love bringing the, the lifestyle to, you know, I guess it sounds cliche, but to the masses, no, we love you what know we what? want it, people to see what we do. It's not though, man. Cause for a lot of us for, for a long time, and there was somebody not too long ago made a comment that everybody's old school. Now I'm glad you feel that way. If you're getting that from, from our selection of media, the media that we bring to people, because you know, old, old school for us was, was not the same kind of definition as it is today. You know, old school meant you were brought up the old ways that you had the old values you had, you know, words really meant something still like respect and, you know, honor and commitment and, and pride in what you did and stuff. And I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. The more people that we can show that have that mentality and, and people like you that are bringing that to the masses that show that we're not a bunch of wrench-throwing crybabies like that. That's the better off that we are because maybe they'll come to this thing in a real way and, and find something that's worthwhile, you know? I mean, you, you said this, that, that this shot was kind of a, a set-up shot, except for those of us that know Eric. Right. Because I've known Eric to come through, I mean uh, – a scene like that where it was pissing rain, yeah. you know, and he was riding for With the, the, smile on the his entire face. day to get to an event we were doing somewhere. And, you know, like 
for for me that's that's very unscripted yeah that shot as it applies to eric because he's that kind of guy that he'll pick up on his chopper and haul ass yeah. to get to a place to to hang out with his buddies you know it, it fits him really yeah. well yeah and his, you know the thing is is he won't only pick up his bike and haul ass he'll pick up his bike and haul ass with a smile on his face right right yep. he's always got a smile on. he might be quiet but he's always got a smile on his face on his face and he loves what he does and um, you know, one of the reasons it was important for me to get those type of shots, I got several writing shots of him for that particular feature, was that when you see the Glam Fairy on, on Instagram, there's so many naysayers that go, oh, that's not rideable. That's yeah. not rideable. He can ride that. And Bullshit. He sure, he, like you said, he rides the piss out of it. There's not a, He doesn't have an issue with that thing at all. Yeah, we, we hear a lot of that when, you know, a, a lot of us pull up at gas stations and stuff like that, like, oh, they, should only, they can only be going a couple blocks. You know, like that they're not rideable. You know, the majority of the people that build these bikes build them to ride them. There's yeah. very few. You know, we were talking uh, yesterday. We we went to do something with Austin yesterday, and we were having a conversation about how um, how you're so misled. You know, with everything, maybe with photography, maybe with some people's building and this and you know the building of their bikes and whatever. But you know, it's the ones that actually are still in the circle or like people like Eric and Bill Dodge and Jeff and, you know, even in, you know, Pat Patterson and me and Chris, uh, that we do it with passion and we expect the person that spends their money to get their money's worth. They need to be able to ride those bikes. Just like obvious with that picture, you know, like you said, it was more scripted. Well, with Eric, it wasn't because that was Eric does. And we know Eric well, you know? Yeah. Anytime he can get on his bike and ride, he's happy. Oh yeah, and he's such a great guy. He's so much fun. So it looks like Jason Sims is uh, is is pretty enamored with your work, and he said that he has to get you to do some shooting with him with some models and and awesome. some motorcycles. So that's that's pretty good. But dude, yeah, like, hey man, as long as I'm taking pictures, I'm happy. Does, you know, that's, does uh, the models have that flannel <laughs> shirt on? Yeah, look at that face. That's oh, my. Oh, that's that's Eric right, right there, there, huh? <laughs> that's that's, it's, that's hey, me telling him out. That's and, me telling. Him how great he looks on camera and how talented he is and he's laughing at me telling me you know to probably f off or something but, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the camaraderie i have with these guys too it's you know i might not be a builder but we, we have the same mindset so we can we can screw with each other a little bit Here, here's a good one so anyone that knows eric that well knows that you'll either see him with that smile on his face or or this look here <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I have more pictures of that man passed out in events because he works his ass off just to yep. get to a place. Yeah, and he's yep. dog ass tired when he gets there. Yep, yeah, he's like a lot of the a lot of the builders in these events. You know, he works to the eleventh hour, packs his car up or packs his truck up. He gets to the event and sets up, and then uh, you know you you take two minutes to kind of stop. Or I do, I'll take two minutes to stop and look around to see who's. Who's wearing? Who's doing what? And like you said, Eric's in that Eric's in that uh, that chair under the tent there with his uh, with his neck back, and you know I, I don't want to bother him because I know how how hard of a worker he is. Dude, it's shots. It's shots like this though, the real that add your work to the you know to the to the list of timeless images that that come out of this thing. You know, thank you. Just, well, see that, and that's that's what I was talking about. Is when I go to these events. Um, I'm just looking for that shot that excites me. It's not a shot that I can't, I never do anything going on. I want people to see this picture because they're going to think I'm great. I want to see something that excites me in the frame. I want, you know, that's what pushes me. It's, it's, it's always about the next shot. I don't care what I've shot in the past. There's probably 
less than five pictures I've ever photographed in the motorcycle industry that I'm really happy with. It's always that next one. It's always that elusive big fish that you're going for. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm a very, my conversation is very minimum to it in these type of events. And I'm just looking for something that goes, that, that picture shows whatever story I'm trying to tell. Well, and right here we have an example of the two sides of that coin for you because this is this is undeniably that shot. This is the wow factor in in the in the viewfinder all day long, and then you move to the next the next clip, and this is this is an entire story, man. I mean, you could write a That's song me. from that from that picture. Yeah. You know, <laughs> That's the only picture of me that I've ever been happy with, eh? yeah. because you can't my face, but. You know, you're, you're right about that picture. Um, I was shooting uh, the race of gentlemen up in New Jersey a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, when people see me at events, that's basically how they see me is I'm usually wearing that hat and the jeans. I got the camera back on and I'm always off to the next picture. I'm always off doing the next thing. And I'll tell you, a secret behind that shot was uh, it was probably 630 in the morning and I was getting wanting to get to the beach before anybody else to watch them set up and take pictures before any of the other photographers got there. And um, I'm walking down this boardwalk and I had that picture in my mind and I thought, man, if, if I had only come with somebody to help me take this picture, you know, I can get this image in my mind. I, I know I can get this image. Well, there happened to be a lady probably in her 30s with her arms full of uh, fold up lawn chairs. And she was trying to make her way across the, the boardwalk to get to where the races were. And I basically stopped her and I said, hey, can you help me? I said, this is the type of picture. This is what I'm looking for. This is exactly what I want. If you can do this for me, I would really appreciate your help. And I'll carry your lawn chairs over to the to the, uh, to the race event. So she was nice enough to put down her chairs. And I gave her my, my, my camera. I gave, actually, that was shot with a cell phone. I gave her my phone. And uh, I, you know, I told her how to frame it up. And I'd walk right down the middle. And I told her just to keep taking pictures and not too much, worry too much about it. And I'll fix it in post. And she did a really awesome job. Basically, I just kind of worked with the, I warmed up the picture a lot, but that's basically all her. I can't remember her name, but we started following each other on Instagram. And anytime that I'm going up to New Jersey, she reaches out and said, if I need anything, let me know and, and vice versa. So that's another example of just meeting people in this industry and sharing that passion is once you get it, you get it. And, and, and you know, you, you trust them and, and you're, you're friends forever with them. Well, you'll definitely have to go back and uh, and and rewatch rewatch this episode another time because there's there's so many good comments about your work and people that know you and people that are just experiencing your photography for the first time here. Lots of good stuff they're saying. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, I really do. It's hard for me to to take the compliments because um, you know I'm just like any other person. We all have our we all have our good points and our bad points. I'm 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 happy that. You know, my lane is photography. Uh, pretty much everything in my, in my life I need to work on a lot like everybody else. But my lane is photography. And, and uh, hopefully when I'm shooting and I'm, you know, taking these pictures of models or I'm doing an event or whatever, I, I hope it, it, it affects people in the way that I hope it does. Uh, I, I would say the jury is in. <laughs> the jury is in, my man. Yeah, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show with us, and Chris knows I, I don't do things like that, but I think you are probably one of my favorite photographers. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. But, you know, but I think, like I said, I think the key is, is not to do it for yourself. As an artist, you do it for the other people. And that's honestly, that's I keep saying that over and over again, but that's the honest to God's truth. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Heather. 
Oh, it, well, and I mean, it's very easy. Like, it's very easy to say because you capture, you don't just pick up your camera. You are an artist. You see, you see what a lot of other people can't. And well, you know I appreciate it. And, I grew up, I grew up in, uh, um, my father was a photographer and my uncle's a photographer. And I actually went to, went to college on a music scholarship, but I was always into drawing and painting as I was growing up. And they tried to push me into photography and I kept pushing it off and pushing it off. And finally, um, a series of events happened. I ended up with a camera in my hand and, you know, I, I changed my major from music to journalism. And here we are 25 years later and, and uh, you know, talking motorcycles. All right, on. Well, let's and let's uh, let's get on to the talk about motorcycles because the reason we asked you here is specifically about an event. So, yes, um, uh, this 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 event that we're talking about, of course, is um, the Chopper Town Live deal that you're putting on in conjunction with. Help me say it right. Born to Ride Media. Born to Ride Media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I work with Born to Ride Media, and um, the, the owners of that company got together with. Um, Oh, I'm 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 having a uh, 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 with with Chopper Town um, with Zach. Zach. Yep. Yeah, with Zach, and said, "Hey, we've got an idea. You know, we're missing the old road shows that there was all out there, the Easy Rider road shows and the Smokeout, and you know, we really want to do something to bring some excitement back to the people, especially with this COVID thing going on and everybody's being shut in. You know, we we everybody's had it. We're we're tired of being." told about social, we all know we need to social distance. We need to wear the mask. And, you know, some of us around the United States, we finally get to get out for a little bit and then there's a new mandate and you've got to go back in. So I think people are just really tired of being shut in and they just want to get out and experience life. So this was a really great idea. I, I can't take any credit for it, but um, um, the, the great people at Born to Ride said, hey, you know, we know you've got the connections. We know you know these people. We did another show together last year called Chopperama. Um, can we do something like that with the same type of people, with the same type of thought in mind? So um, with their urging, we, we started Chopper Town Live. And Chopper Town Live is held in conjunction with Thunder by the Bay in Sarasota, Florida, February 19th, 20th, and 21st. So um, once we, they, you know, we put put together the groundwork for it. I started hitting Instagram and calling my friends such as Eric and Bill and everybody else that I could think of. And we've got, um, right now, I think we have 55 invited. We've got bikes, 55 choppers. We don't have 55 builders, but we've got 55 choppers so far. And, and the, the number grows every day. We've got an 11,000 square foot building to fill up. And, um, you know, between the, we're going to have the choppers. We'll have a great music there with a DJ. We're going to have a, a pretty unique vending area set up in front of the building. It's not just going to be the typical stuff you see at our typical bike events in Daytona and, you know, our bike nights. There are going to be some really unique vendors there. We've got the chill, chill bunnies are coming down from North Carolina. It's a, it's a girls group. Some of them ride, some of them have vans. Some of them just love the lifestyle. They're, they're really big in social media and, we asked them to come down to be a part of it so we can bring that girl factor into it, you know, the girl rider. Um, so it's it's going to be a really fun event. On, on Saturday, the, the was 19th, 20th, we're going to do an all-chopper show. Uh, I, I've been to so many shows as a photographer where the chopper shows have been kind of inclusive. You know, you've had to have a, uh, a year, a specific year or older, 77 or older, 84 and older in order to participate in 
my my thinking was is well, let's not do that with this one. Let's anybody who thinks they have a chopper, regardless of what your definition of a chopper or mine is, if you think you have a chopper, bring it down to this show oh, on Saturday. And uh, so the, it's a it's a ten, yeah it's it's a ten class show, and I think I covered all my bases. It's going to be best um, flathead, knucklehead, panhead, shellhead, ironhead, Evo, twin cam. Then we got the uh, best European bike, best Japanese bike. So then we'll have, uh, you know, then we'll have the best in show of that day. So um, I, you know, I wanted everybody to feel that they could bring, you know, some guys, some guys buy a brand new Sportster and they put a sissy bar on it and they think it's a chopper. Well, you know what? If they think it's a chopper, bring it down. It doesn't have to have a, you know, four foot long rake stretched front end on it and a, a sissy bar that's six feet tall in the back. You know, whatever you're doing, I just want everybody to enjoy this. I want them to get out and have a good time, and I think. Um, working with Born to Ride and um, Chopper, the people at Chopper Town, I think we're going to be able to pull something off really nice. Yeah, right on. Zach and everybody at Chopper Town, man, are the greatest for supporting this whole network. And, you know, I'm so glad to see that, that he's doing uh, doing all he can to, to put boots on the ground again in this stuff. So good Yeah, for well, him. you know, if, if everything goes right, we hope to make this kind of a traveling show. This is kind of our, our footprint and to see how it goes, you know, and, and to learn from it, to see what we need to do better next time and what we, what we you know, what we messed up on, we, what we need to learn from and what we can and, and expand on next time. But um, I'm excited about the, uh, the Builder's Choice Awards going to be on Sunday, and we're going to have all the builders vote for who they think should go home with the Builder's Choice Award. And I'm pretty excited because they're going to get the – among other prizes, the the builder, the winner of the Builder's Choice Award is going to get a thousand bucks, which is not anything to sneeze at. But um, um, Paco is Paco Frames is is making us a custom hardtail frame, right and on. then our connection at Board Ride, Dave Nichols, who used to be the editor of Easy Riders, he's friends with Mondo over Denver's Choppers, and Mondo is building us a custom Springer front end to go with that that Paco frame. So when I found out about that, you know, I, I was pretty excited. And, and my saying was, I said it more than once. I said, it makes me wish I could picked up a welding torch 20 years ago instead of a camera. I think that's a, that's a pretty cool little package, but it should go well. I'm pretty excited. So we've got, you know, we've got the, the bunnies coming from North Carolina. We've got people from Texas, come from California. Um, the Midnight Cobras, which is also a, a girl-based writing group, um, lifestyle group they, they make shirts and, and they're pretty well known in the, in the um, social media game they're from canada and they wanted to come down as well and they wanted to be a part of it but because of the covid and the border restrictions they couldn't do it so they're going to ship off a bunch of stuff to the bunnies in north carolina and they're going to set up a big booth for them as well so we've got that we've got tc brothers the good guys at tc brothers um i've known them for years we've kind of grew up in the same part of the united states they're south of the toledo border I'm from the north of the Toledo border, just south of Detroit. So we kind of been, we met each other about 10 years ago and we hit it right off and they're a big part of the show and they're going to be a big sponsor. And um, really everybody that's a part of what we're doing is excited about, about the fact that we're trying to get back to normal. So, you know, like I said, I'm sure there's going to be hiccups and coughs along the way, but we're, you know, we're doing our best to, to put a great show together and, 
uh, hopefully when um, all is said and done, people who are get born to ride can put on a great show and let's see what they can do next. Right on. So one more time, tell everybody. Uh, so it's Chopper Town Live. Tell them the um, event details again because we had a couple latecomers that were asking. Sure, sure, sure. Chopper Town Live is going to be held in Sarasota, Florida at the Sarasota Floor, uh, Fairgrounds, February 19th, 20th, and 21st. Um, the show starts at 5 o'clock on Friday night, and it'll end about 5 o'clock on Sunday. We've got the write-in show on Saturday. We've got the Builder's Choice Award on Sunday. Um, it's, a, it's a partner of a bigger event um, that they hear, have yearly here in Florida called Thunder by the Bay, where it doesn't matter what you ride. Everybody's invited. It's a big, huge party. It's on the fairgrounds. So there's going to be something for everybody there, and we're really excited to, to get the, the ball rolling and see how this goes. Right on. So, Eric, tell me, how, how old are you, man? How old am I? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a loaded question. I'm 55 years old. Let's, are you? There we go. You are yes, not. Sir. I can't even I'm believe 50. that. But listen, I, w- I was getting ready to thank you on behalf of the old guys, so I'm going to put up a picture of me and Mark <laughs> at the same time. I'm going to thank you on behalf of the old guys for reminding people how awesome our, our chopper culture was. Right. Because Amen. this shot right here, Hot chick with a hardtail chopper, and she's got striped tube socks and all stars on, baby. Nineteen yeah. seventies gym class, <laughs> that, right there. Yeah, that's what's you know, up. When I was a thirteen-year-old boy, that was what ruined me, right there. I, there was nothing I wanted to be other than a motorcycle junkie. Yep, yep. And you know, I find myself falling into that trap with about every girl I'm shooting. We talk about clothing, and I'm like, "Hey, do you have?" Uh, you have Daisy Dukes. Well, they're not to explain who Daisy Duke is, but they're like, <laughs> you have Daisy Dukes. I said, you know what? Honestly, if you see tube socks in a shot, it's probably mine. I've probably got 50 pairs of them. And, and, and to be quite honest, if the girls don't have Converse All-Stars, I've got a couple sets in my bag. So honestly, they can roll in and, and uh, I, I can dress them and, and style them up and, and do what I need to do with them. So, um, you know. I guess it is what it is, but hey, thanks for the compliments on my age. I've got I've got a seven year old and a nine year old that keep me young, and I've got a I've uh, you know I've got a friend up in St. Louis that uh, you know they say the same thing about her. So you know whatever we're water water we're drinking or whatever we're doing, we're just going to keep on doing it and you know try to stay young and live live young. Well, we we love you over here, man. We love your stuff. Um, you guys, make sure you go to check them out. Uh, EricRunyon.com. You can uh, see the link in the comments. I'm sure sure Heather will put that up. But if you yes. enjoyed the images that we had on the show here tonight, he's got a ton more on his site. You want to check out his stuff. If you have the wherewithal to get him to come and uh, photograph your motorcycle, your event, get him to do it because these are moments in time right here. My man is hooking up. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I love what I do. And I just want to, you know, anybody that I'm involved with with the industry, I hope that our talents can kind of coincide and we can help each other out and, I get to show off, you know, what they can do and, you know, vice versa. So it, it's a pretty symbiotic relationship, but I, I wouldn't think of anything else to do for the rest of my life. Well, if Heather, if Heather can uh, get her way with all of this, we're, you'll be able to see some more of your stuff in Cycle Source magazine, too. <laughs> well, you know what? You just you just we're let me know, and I'll be there anytime, right. any day. Just hit me up. I'll be there for you guys. Right on. You're awesome, Eric. Thank you so much for taking your Sunday night and hanging out with us. I well, really thank you. Thank it. you. I, I appreciate you asking me for this. This is awesome. You know, and like I think we talked on the phone a, a, a couple of weeks ago. It was Chris and I, and I said, you know, I was at Willie's, and you guys were standing beside me talking. Uh, you were interviewing my buddy Jared Weems, um, who built yeah. that beautiful. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he built that beautiful David Mann Triumph. 
And, um, you know, I was going to say, say hi to you guys because we run in the same circles, but I'm, I'm not a very forward person as, as it is, believe it or not. So I just kind of walked away as you guys got done. But I will tell you this, Jared, Jared lives about three miles down the street from me. And he's building the second David Mann chopper in the, one of his very first oh. um, this prints called Hollywood Run. And right. um, so that, that bike will be debuted at Chopper Town. And, you know, when I first started talking to him, he said, oh, I'm not going to go out on this bike. I'm, I put so much into this first David Mann bike. I just want to build a rider. I want to build a daily rider, and I'm not going to go overhead on this thing. Man, as I see the bike, you know, I'll go by every couple of days and say hi to him or whatnot. This thing is going to be – it's just, just a mind blower. I can't wait for people to see it. Well, right on, man. Thank you again for uh, for being here with us, and and yeah, for sure. Like you're going to be in Daytona this year. Let's let's yes. spend let's spend some time together because now we've officially met. Yes. Like once once you hook up with somebody, on, I know Chris on... and I are kind of like you, believe it or not. We're like we never want to get in anybody's face. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we love what we do. We we don't want to, we don't want to bother. There's so there's too many egos in this industry, you know. And uh, I just I just want to take I just want to do what I want to do, and I don't want to bother anybody. I just want to do my thing and get out of people's ways as quickly as possible. And I don't want to meet people. I don't want to introduce my people myself to people thinking assuming that they've ever really know who I am. So I just kind of keep my mouth shut and my head down and I take my pictures and keep on rolling. Well, dude, then there's Mark. Mark uh, I, I'm Mark. a social butterfly, so don't even go there. Mark doesn't even want to talk to <laughs> people he knows. Everybody knows. I go out of my way to speak to everybody. So real nice, Chris. You're lying. You're lying. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's just show talk. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, and man. I, if, if I'm not mistaken, the Bill Dodge conversation, I was standing right next to him. I remember you talking to Bill at Willie's. Me and me and Jeff yeah. were right there. Me and Jeff were standing there. I yeah, you yeah coming this, up. Was, this was several years ago. Yep. And uh, a friend of mine who was another motorcycle photographer, he's kind of retired from the business, but he he met Bill somehow, and he introduced me to Bill right there on the step in front, right in front of Willie's and has said, hey, this is my buddy. He's, a, he's, he's my Yoda as a photographer, and um, – you know, I, 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 he, he, he's a fan of your work, and, you know, I just want to introduce you. And Bill just stuck out his hand and shook my hand and said, dude, great to meet you. Anytime you need anything, let me know. And that was about as quick as the conversation was. And two weeks later, I, I spent nine hours in his studio, and, you know, we we've, we've, we became pretty good friends. I know he had his, his, his shop got flooded a few years back, so a bunch of us went up there and tried to help him out with his shop. And then he had that horrible accident a few months ago, so – um, we didn't know what was going to happen with that, but you know, when I, I, I named this award, the bill Dodge, the, the builder's choice award, I don't know if I went into that, but that's the bill Dodge award of excellence. Oh, right on. And, uh, I named it after him, not just because he's a great builder, he's a great person. And he, yeah. he's, he's a great example that he sets for other people in this industry. So that's why I named it what it, what it is. And, uh, I'm real excited to see who the first person is that get this. Right on, man. Well, Make sure you check it out. Make sure you check out everything about Chopper Town Live. Um, definitely check out Eric's work. And and again, man, thanks for being on. We'll have to have you on here again real quick. Maybe we'll maybe what we'll do is get uh, get you to get a, a couple video clips for us. We'll put them together as a reel and bring you on after um, Chopper Town Live, and we'll do a little recap show. Yes, sir. That sounds good to me. Right on, man. All right, buddy. Thank thanks you again. Hey guys, I want to remind you that Thanks, you're, you're watching Shop Talk uh, every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time through the courtesy of the Dennis Kirk Motorcycle Studio. We are going to go ahead with our previously regular schedule on a commercial break, and we'll be back in just one minute and one half. Don't go anywhere. More Shop Talk right around the corner.
Okay, see, well, that wasn't too bad. We actually got our shit together for the second half of the show, so that's pretty good. Hey, Blondie, let's go to you for some social media. Well, who's who's out there? Who's watching? Everybody. <laughs> okay. Everybody. So let's see, Milwaukee. Mike is here. And yes, Mike, Candy. I do I do talk to Mike. So yes. <laughs> Candy Van Vleck, if I said your name right. She um she's a wrench. She's also a model. She has her own place called Candy's Cruisers. Um she seems like a pretty cool chick. Um, she's been watching all night. We have Lisa Ballard, the queen of chop cult with us, <laughs> and Lance Baxter is in the house. Um I have a question. Oh boy. Green Clyde Frog. It's a. He says, "Are you woke? What is woke?" No, no, no. I don't this, understand. Okay, so stop. I don't get it. Stop before anybody answers that question. This is a motorcycle show. We do motorcycles to get away from the real world, and we're not going to be woke or talk politics or any bullshit. So, thanks for watching. I just don't know what the word woke if, means. If you dig motorcycles, it's it's aware. Are you aware? Oh. But this isn't that show. This Thanks. is this is Cycle Source Magazine Shop Talk, and we talk about motorcycles, motorcycle people having a good time on two wheels. Um, let's stick to that and bring in our next guest, who actually is coming in with us tonight to do some some tech stuff. You know, we call this Shop Talk, and, and usually that stands for all the bullshit that you talk about around the shop. And uh, we're going to go to some to to a an to, expert to, in the field. You were stuttering to, 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 there. <laughs> Rob's coming on. You start stuttering. <laughs> Our associate producer is in the house tonight. We're going to do some tech tips. So let's go in the garage and see what's up. <laughs> Mister Nussbaum in the house. How you doing, buddy? Weren't you woke around four o'clock this afternoon? <laughs> I was. I was woke several times today, but <laughs> I don't know if that classifies me as woke. <laughs> Are you woke now? Are I you am woke. I am. I'm woke now. I'm woke now because we're talking about motorcycles. Yeah, boy, that's what I'm talking about. So you um you have an incredible litany of accomplishments and abilities that oh stop well you do i mean you know not everybody can build motors for 100 plus year old motorcycles that are going to ride ride and race across the country hold on i don't see any pictures of jason anywhere in the background there i Thank thought you God. Know, what's happening all, all of a sudden we go from sexy simsy to not tonight jason yeah i don't see one picture of jason <laughs> Not even hey, a flannel shirt hanging anywhere. <laughs> All right, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, Jesus, that's funny. So, it's um, not for public 
is. So of the many things that we could have you on to talk about when it comes to the stuff that you work on in RetroCycle, and we'll get that out of the way first. The name of your business is RetroCycle. You're in Boontown, New Jersey, right? Boonton. Boonton. Well, as we say here, Booton. 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 That should be easy for you. That's kind of like uh, a Pittsburgh slang. Booton. If you right. if you was here in Pittsburgh, we'd say you's from Boontown, and stop That's trying right. to put all kind of errors on. Be a jag off. You're from Boontown. Shut up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. Right. What you said. Forget about it. So tell everybody what you do at RetroCycle. For the guys that don't know Rob, I'm going to put this out there first. Wednesdays at 9 p.m., he and Jason Sims do a show on this network titled The Cannonball Chronicles, where they talk about the motorcycle cannonball, the riders, the racers, the teams, and what it takes to race a 100-plus-year-old motorcycle across the country. Other than that, he actually does have a day job. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And go. So we buy and sell motorcycle parts. We have an online component that's RetroCycle.com, which is more newer stuff, uh, V-twin stuff, drag specialties, um, custom chrome, that kind of stuff, kind of catalog stuff. People call in looking for things. We'll find it for them. We, you call our phone number, and somebody answers the phone. Oh, my God. Talk so, about old school. I was just going to say, you're an old business, obviously. Yeah, there's none of this crap. Press one to go fuck yourself. You know, that's like, <laughs> you know, it's somebody answers the phone. Most of us in the shop know motorcycles, know where to look or know who to ask what's right. right. Uh, of course, yeah, we get it wrong once in a while. Nobody's perfect. But uh, you can order on our website. If you don't see it there, you can email us. We'll do the research. In fact, uh, one of the guys who works for me, he will go above and beyond to find you that 50-cent part that's not worth our time to do it, and he'll do it. That's so, the kind of guy he is. So of the many things that you could come on to Shop Talk to, uh, to deliver information and uh, education on, tonight we're going to be talking about generators. And this is generators for a lot of people. It, it's the round thing on a motorcycle that the, the magic happens in. You know, and that's as far as they ever want to think about it. And just in pre-show, getting all this stuff ready with you today, I feel like we're going to have a a real good source of information for people to come back to this show to see what's up. Well, you know, like I'm not, I'm not an expert. You call me an expert. Expert in my word, in my world, is a dirty word. Okay, um, I always feel like I can learn more. I am always learning more. And the more I can know, hopefully I can impart what I know on these generators and other people will maybe have a different approach. Who knows? I don't know. But, you know, there's not just one way to do things, but this is the way we do it. Right on. Well, let's uh, let's get started. You sent a bunch of pictures in, so I'm gonna I'm gonna. <laughs> said, I won't apologize. No, no. Chris said he had enough pictures to make a book, just to let you know. <laughs> well, He's gonna be the generator book. What's wrong <laughs> the with that? Generator book. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm just gonna start off with the uh, the kickoff pictures, and you're gonna talk about um, some of the some of the things that you've done over the years, the collection that you've amassed just to be able to do this work. Okay. So these, I have these flat file drawers, and I use them as under my workbenches, 
And these are the parts that I've collected. Some of this stuff is restored. So that's the top drawer with 32E. That's more, Just we'll just go down through the drawers. These are the parts. They're reconditioned so that I can build a generator. And then some of them in there I still have to clean up. That's starter parts. Generator frames and ends, different types of bodies. Parkerized and painted inside and out. That's a, that bottom one on the left is a radio generator. We're not even gonna go in that, that uh, vicinity tonight. That's a whole other animal. Fan-cooled radio generators. Wow. Police stuff. These are for my uh, 12 volt and six volt um, model 52, 61s, 58s, stuff like that. So this is my 12 volt and late six volt area. Okay, so just to have just to have the parts to be able to to rebuild this will only get you part of the way there so where where do we start with this okay so here's the thing is i try to go out and see i sell psychoelectric generators too um, i have nothing against them because they're the ones who came up with the original model 65a that everybody knows the 12 volt generator okay so they're a really good source and they have a really good product, but I go out of my way to buy original Harley generators and recondition them, okay? So, and then I've, I have a, a guru of mine, Perry Reuter, whose name comes up on, um, on the internet a lot as the man. And he's kind of like my guru, my mentor or whatever. So Perry and I actually were on the phone this is way too boring. An hour and a half last night talking generators. <laughs> so you need a hobby. Is that what you were saying? I do need a hobby. <laughs> I need I need intervention, I think. So Perry's a great guy, and there's a lot of information. And if you just look up Perry Reuter, R-U-I-T-E-R, you'll find some stuff about him. So. Where do we start? Let's talk about the different models of generators. Well, I just want to put this out there real quick. Mike Podger is asking if he's not out of line, talk to us about 6-volt, 3-wire versus 2-wire and what it takes to run a lithium-ion battery. So, All right. Podge, sit back and relax. We're going to get to that. There we go. <laughs> he's running the show. <laughs> so we're going to get an education in the models of generators first. Okay, so this actually is Tom Banks' generator. Tom, here it is. This is from Tom's 1921, 1921 Model J, Harley-Davidson. And uh, the unique thing about this in the next picture is that there is no cutout or relay or regulator or whatever you want to call it. That's a centrifugal advance, and you see, as that thing spins, the weights come out and push those two points together. Oh, no shit. That's your electrical contact. And what model is this? This is a Model A, and okay. you'll see the three screws on the top of the frame. That's how you can dis distinguish a Model A body from a Model B. So the next slide will be Model B. And you notice there's no guts sticking out on the right side of the frame there on yeah. that that so they're relatively the same but they've decided now with the model b they're going to put a, a relay in the circuit now what would have this what, what bike would this have been on i want to say you know what i don't know exactly maybe 22 23 okay um i'm 
I know the models and I know the generators, but I don't know the exact year of fitment without looking okay. it up. Being honest. So they in this picture at the top, you don't have the holes for the mounting of the centrifugal advance. Okay. Okay, and you don't have the points on the back of the still B. This is a B. This here is your Model C, which I believe starts in 1924, and the brushes. Now, you see the copper segment there? That's called the commutator. <laughs> the brushes are like a swing arm, the way they run on that commutator. And the brushes are what make the spark in the circuit and send the, you know, complete the whole circuit to send the electricity out of the generator. So in the next shot, we have a lower angle of the brushes. You can see the pivot uh, at about the seven o'clock position. Yeah. So that pivots there, and the spring holds it against the commutator. And those brushes are like a swing arm. So that's your model C. And those are three brush. I actually don't have it rigged up as a two brush. I'm building just about everything as a two brush these days, and we'll get into why later. Okay. So that's a look at that. And the next one. What do we got next? This is your Model D. Now, Harley-Davidson's really advanced at this point. <laughs> this is 1925, 26, something like that, 26 to 29, 20, although 29 is a little bit different. But they have brass brush holders now, no swing arms, a fixed brass brush. The one at the top is the third brush in uh -huh. a three-brush setup. But this is a this is your when you get into the model JDs, this is probably the best generator they built, and these are the ones I like to really work on. Uh, David Crumb says when it gets dirty, hit it with an eraser. Yeah, I have uh, I have a armature pencil that I use, which is a, like a stone and abrasive. So, so now up up to this point I'm gonna ask you a question, I'm sorry. Up no, to, go ahead. up to the D model, we're still like kinda you know, pre thirties, early thirties, Harley Davidson? Correct. So uh you'll see the brass brush holder then the two screws. Uh huh. Uh, top and bottom, the silver screws. Those are Bakelite, which is like a um it's I guess today you use Delrin or a, a plastic, a nylon. So it's kind of a fragile, brittle insulator material. A and lot of us are familiar with Bakelite from uh, shifter knobs. <laughs> right. So there's there's one there's an insulator behind that. You can see the separation of the segments, and then uh, so those things are brittle when they break. So we're in the process of trying to find somebody to make new insulators so we can re rivet those brush carriers onto new pieces. Okay. And I, when I overhaul a generator, I put new hardware in and whatnot, clean up all those uh, brush carriers and polish them. Well, all that what I was what I was going to ask you is, up until this point, that that generator up to the D model, what are you looking at for a complete unit for someone to to buy one of these in the condition that they would be like once you have them completely refurbished. Like, what kind of money are we looking at in these generators? I just saw one listed out of Australia for $1,150 not redone. Wow. So I don't know if that was a realistic price. 
and I have to go back and reassess what these things are worth because they're going up in value. Well, so, I don't I'm probably going to be too expensive because I am too expensive. Well, but, but my my point was, you know, why why do you why do we why do we still need to have the knowledge to rebuild stuff? We were just talking about this with the you know, the fact that we're redoing a shovel head motor in our uh, Twisted T project this year. And we're actually going to go through the process of rebuilding the rocker arms. We're going to rebuild the rods, you know, because nobody does that stuff anymore. They just get the part number in the catalog and they have it sent in because it's so fast and so cheap and so readily accessible. But we lose a lot of the, the you know, the knowledge and the mechanism of doing this stuff without having to do it like we always used to. You know, when it comes to a part like this, the price of it, you know, you're you're going to have to find that that used unit and have a good source for putting stuff back together. Okay, so is there a question there? Why are we rebuilding them? Uh, no. No, I was saying about about the you price. You might want to try and keep up with us here. About the about the price that there's there's a, a justification for the price because of you know of what you're getting in it. You know, this is not going to be a, a brand new product that's bolted on the side of your motorcycle. This is going to be, you know, like the part would have exactly been as it came with your bike. Yeah. Well, I think the people who are buying this product are are restoring their motorcycles or want a quality product so that they can ride these antique machines. So, that, you know, I mean, I, I really don't know how to answer that question. You know, I'm going out of my way to rebuild them. It takes hours and hours to do generators. It's not a, it's not a cheap overhaul. There's a lot of pieces in there. And uh, the product is practically brand new or better than it was brand new. What, what's the average price of, like, a rebuild of, say, one of the A's or... You know, of the A's. I mean, is it an? Exp it's apparently an expensive rebuild. You have to make or remake a lot of the product, correct? Yeah, I would say it's uh, probably in the neighborhood of a thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I guess there are guys out there who are cheaper too. I don't know. I can't speak for anybody else's work or pricing. Let's uh, let's let's go on and talk more about models. Um, I had heard about. What was it? The F model? The F model generator? What do you know about that? Ah, uh, the F model generator. That came off of the later single. And it looks like a JD generator, except see those two terminals on there? Uh-huh. So the F model is a little bigger in the body. It's a little longer generator. And I'll be working on one soon. We don't know if the base height to the center of the armature is the same but i'm going to have two to put side by side and compare and we think a lot of the 32 the mo more modern 32e generator components will work in this generator so it's uh, on the outset uh and this is the only picture i have because somebody my friend dave courier uh from the cannonball sent me this picture yesterday and uh, we're going to get to play around with it a little bit it looks like the bearing housing's a little bit bigger so uh, F model is, is unique and rare and was used on the B and C model singles. All right, on. Hey, I noticed that, uh, that Cindy had asked if it's, uh, first off, she had said, don't ride what you can't fix. And thank God a lot of people um, can't fix what they ride because a lot of us shops would be out of business, first off. Um, is, is, <laughs> yeah. it a, is it a higher performance product or you do bring it back to, stock spec. to a stock spec? 
I can do it either way. Yeah. And, uh, and what would the like purpose people, be for? A lot of people ask me, what's it going to cost to rebuild my generator? And I try to use the old builder's analogy, and not to be a, a, an asshole about the whole thing, but the builder's analogy is, okay, so you're building a house, and you want to know how much it's going to cost. Do you want Home Depot windows, Pella windows, uh, Anderson windows, or what? What do you want? So um, do you want it restored or do you want the patina on it? All right. And how far do you want to go? The basic cost is I charge 300 to $350 for a tune-up on the generator, and then the parts are extra. I know. So that includes a tune-up on the armature, undercutting the commutator, new bearings, new seals, and cleaning the thing thoroughly inside and polishing up all the brush carriers. What if they would want this high performance or, or higher higher producing? I mean, what would it be for lights? I mean, you don't see many people taking these bikes and putting radios on them. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, this is a good a good point at which we can talk about three brush versus two brush. The original generators were a three brush, and Chris, if I hate to do this to you, but there's a there's a picture. That shows the charging curve. That so yeah. three brush is a more antiquated, less efficient charging system. And the way these generators charge in a three brush with a relay, it's like an on-off switch, and it's not very efficient. And uh, so here's here's the comparison chart. So we'll upgrade to two brush because it's more efficient. So on the left shows your idle going up and your amps charging rate okay that would be your two brush so right off idle it goes to maximum charging value and it holds it steady throughout the rpm range in a three brush as you come off idle it climbs fairly quickly but it hits a peak and then as your rpm increases it starts to drop off and as it drops off so does your efficiency in charging so now your relay the points on your mechanical relay are opening and closing quite a bit so uh it tends to tax the battery a little more so we like the two brush because you can use a sealed lead acid battery which can be put in any kind of position in the battery box they come in all sizes and shapes and all amp hour ratings from you know to an, it's actually the same battery that's in your exit sign lighting in most commercial oh, right on so um it's a cheaper battery. So in the long run, it winds up being uh, cost-saving. It, it's more efficient, and, and it's a cost-saving. All right, Norm, yeah. so let's go back to your pictures. we got some more stuff here. Now we're moving into the, the tags on a generator. So there's your Model C tag. Nothing special. I mean, it's just in the Model D. So they're tagged you. Just to give you an idea what to look at when you're looking, if you're looking at these generators, you can look at the tag. Now, there's also a Model D-1, which it looks exactly the same, and you would think it's the same generator, and we don't have a picture of that, but basically, take my word for it, the D would have just have a D-1 behind it. That's for a Model B single, and since it's a single cylinder the uh gear that drives the timer is different inside we've discovered that guys have put model d1s on their bikes and can't figure out why they can't get it running in a 
JD generator, the timer runs off the generator instead of the gear case. So the timer sets in the JD generator, and if it's not synchronized properly because it's a six-segment gear versus a four-segment gear, you're not going to get that bike running. Hey Rob, you'll have to uh, you'll have to forgive me. You asked me in the beginning to uh, to run the the motor running video. Yeah, let's you, do that. You want to do that now? Yeah, sure. When a customer brings us a generator, we need to test it. So we do that by motoring it, and we take a couple of jumpers and we hook them to the negative terminal and one to the frame, and then we hook another one to the negative terminal. And we go to the F terminal. Now this is a two brush generator, so this is how we do it. And then the final hookup we do to the A terminal or armature and hook it up to the positive side of the battery. And then I'll turn it so you can see it's turning and it should be turning clockwise when you look at it from this way or counterclockwise when you look at it that way so you can see that's turning counterclockwise so this is wired properly and working okay until we put it into the test bench to really test it out but that's showing that this has potential right on so i had a question because i watched this video in pre-show what would what would make it run backwards if the pole shoe, the wires from the pole shoes were reversed. Oh, right on. And you're using an exit light battery for that, are you not? Right. I wanted to point that. Thanks, Mark. I wanted to point that out that that was one of those sealed lead acid exit light batteries. So you, if you, uh, first off, it runs faster than that, correct? Normally. So right. you know, and but if you put a normal, uh, like a standard bike battery, would it run it faster, or you just use that just for its you know your that's just a motor so test. a generator is actually a motor in reverse right okay so if you take a if you take a let's forget about magnetic motors for now because that's a whole other can of worms and we don't use those so uh this is a standard mechanical generator uh with brushes so it works like a motor you put the you put the juice to it backwards interesting thing though is it's still rotates the same direction whether you put juice to it or you take a juice out of it yeah well yeah because the i mean the the direction the direction of the, the wiring for the current now uh, another thing to address at this point is people have talked about polarizing a generator or um geez the, name, the other words escaping me because i'm old now so <laughs> um well polarizing a generator is uh telling the field the field coils which one's positive and which one's negative and we started actually started a bike the other day and the regulator didn't show any charging i said ah we took the battery out it's been out for a while we need to polarize it polarized it everything worked fine so and polarizing is and you only do that with a two brush generator you do not need to do it in a three brush generator and there are going to be people out there who are going to say yes you do but you don't i'm telling you you don't need to polarize a three brush generator so go ahead and fl yeah flash roger green thanks flashing a generator yeah there you go polarizing flashing 
So, um, so let's go back to the, uh, the, the pictures of the models. Cause we're still not done working through the models, right? Right. So that's a model 30. This is the next generation after the JD generators looks very similar to a 32 E, but there are no terminals on this generator. So in the next slide, you can see more of this. Now on a 32 E they've cast all, all that stuff behind the screws and whatnot. And in the next model generator, they've cast that into the body, and there's no need for this stuff anymore. And then the next picture is the wires come directly out from under the cover, and there's a little notch in the frame. Now, um, I won't get into any more detail, but the, that aluminum part is a lot different also on a model 30 from a 32E. These are your model 32E tags. From 1932 to 1943, early 43 was a gold tag. Late 43, I may have that wrong, but late 43, as I know, and I have a reference chart I use when I build the generators and change the tags. It's a zinc tag. And then the next one down is very hard to find the Model 52 tags. Early 52 generators had a tag. In 1956, they started stamping it in the body. Okay. There's your model 32E. Um, and this is, I haven't tagged it yet. So this has sealed bearings and is rebuilt. And I have, again, this is wired to brush. And that's the, from the other side, I put all new Bakelite terminals, uh, new CAD plated components, polish the brushes. The brush carriers and all the other wiring uh, components are brand new. This is a model 52. If you look closely, and we'll show you another shot, but right where the black meets the aluminum, that's where it's stamped into the body, and there's the stamping. And then this was Harley's procedure from 56 on. They would stamp that number. So in the model 58, which is the next generation, say model 58, Model 61, and so on as, as they started going, as they changed the models going up. And it says switch and relay on, on the left and the right because those were three brush generators using a relay instead of a regulator. Right on. So I have, uh, I have some other videos. You can tell me whenever those have to come up because I don't, actually, I don't have your uh, cheat sheet here. So okay, I so uh, I think are we still – going through the let's i think we're still going through the models no we're getting uh, to model the, 58 yeah this is the end comparisons now okay so model 58 had a grease cup that's the one on the right and a bushing instead of a bearing the one on the left they did away with the grease cup and they put a a, a torrington roller bearing in there and then the next shot should be the inside that's the one with the bushing the model 58 and the casting number shows a dash 58, so that helps identify it. And that bushing on the on the armature, that shaft would be, I think, a little bit smaller than the 60, than the 58 or the 61 armature. And then the next one shows that's a 58 installed with the grease cup. Nice and little, shiny new. Little flip up grease cup, and you. 
put your grease or oil in there to oil the bushing in the armature. With a little tiny grease shovel, Mark. <laughs> right. Well, I can tell right. you that, uh, I mean, what I know about all this stuff is uh, when mine goes bad, I'm just calling you. Just let you know. So I'm not going to remember. I'm not going to remember where any of this crap was, or not even where to put the grease in, because I'm just going to call you, Mark. You just come over. And That's we'll what I'm do doing. I'm just coming over there. <laughs> do it together. You come up, and we'll do it together. I'll, I'll, I'll watch. I'll encourage. And that's an opportunity for some Taylor ham. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Taylor ham, Taylor ham, egg and cheese, my friend. That's uh, what's up. Roll. That's what's up. So now we're up to a dash sixty one. Okay, sixty one. So now there's a bearing that presses in that hole. All right. So there's your model sixty five. Now what's interesting about this is this is a true model sixty five, not a sixty five A. Harley Davidson had some kind of issue with heat and the exhaust and whatnot. And, and this is the rumor. I can't verify it. But on the 65A model, they flipped the A and the F terminals. So the A would be on the left and mm. the F would be on the right. Just to confuse you when you hook it up on the test bench. Where's so, Where's Redensel? Why isn't he watching tonight? Yeah, Redensel will probably be right? able to help there. So F stands for field. A stands for armature. A is your positive brush. F is not one of your fields, okay? I mean, not doesn't hook up to a brush, just okay. so you know. Okay, so there's it is stamped in the body. There's your Model 65 overall view. That's a three-piece body. Uh, the left is your bearing. Well, to the left is your bearing assembly. Then there's the frame. And then the right is the other bearing assembly. This is how I get armatures. Mm. This is what they look like when they come to me. And they, a lot of times they'll be smoked and smell really bad. Yeah, it looks like it smells bad already. Yeah. It sounds like most of the people that travel with us. So let's take a look at the commutator, the brass part. We got a close-up shot next to this. Ooh, look at that groove. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> you see it? Just in from the left where it starts. Uh -huh. It's a little shinier. That's a deep groove in that armature. Now, generally, they can't be saved, um, and we would test it before we go through putting this on the lathe and turning it. But uh, I use this one as a sort of a guinea pig for us to do the video of the of the cutting the uh, commutator on the lathe, and I think we have that video next. Okay. Uh, we do that before the testing. You want yeah, that? let's go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, does that screw you up? Let's no, let's, no, no. We got it. Yeah. Let's so, do the, so this yeah. is this is the actual work that you go through on that piece. And After gonna... we test the armature, but let's just do it. since we're here, let's see if we can. Now, you, the uh, that I don't recommend that speed for cutting the arm. No, <laughs> no, I wanted to tell everybody that was to to save a little bit of time on the amount of times that that the uh, the armature has to go around to to get that thing turned down on a lathe. We sped up the video. That was my bad. I got no, that. That's okay. That's a, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so when you get it out of that process, this is what you end up with. That's right. Got a nice smooth armature there. Now I used a, a sanding block like people use for um, sanding drywall. Mm -hmm. You can get them at your paint supply store. And it seems to do a really nice job of cleaning it up. Now, so. when, when you do that, the the brush tension, you don't have to worry about um, anything because your your brushes, the tension is holds it against them anyway, correct? As long as you yeah, don't take a lot of that material off. I'm sorry, say that again. As long as you don't take a, you can't take a lot of that armature material off of there, correct? I mean. Well, as long as you've got copper showing in room between the segments, you can take it down quite a bit. Oh, right. You can take it all the way down to the, the segment separations. And it'll still work just as long as you don't have a solid, you know, a solid run because that's what the conductor runs through, correct? Right. Well, yeah, and you don't want to have too much of a gap. You don't want to take it down so far that the brushes are hanging halfway out the carrier and rattling. Right, right. So you want to be careful there. So um, what else do we have? We're going to test the armatures now? Yeah, let's go through the testing. We kind of skipped ahead a little bit, but. Okay. So, um when we test an armature, we, we're going to test for continuity, and you'll see a little light in the bottom of the frame. Okay, so what we do is we test the from the frame to the center of the armature. This is testing the commutator. We'll talk about it a little bit, but you'll see. If the light is on in this procedure, you're good. If that light goes out, it's no good. Now, it will go out momentarily between the segments. This is testing the frame, making sure there's no short between the frame and the and the center arbor. Okay. Then we also test it against the segments and make sure there's not a short directly to the segments. Then we test the segment to segment continuity. Okay, so if it passes most of these tests. Then we go on to the growler test. That's You'll find out why they call us a growler. Okay, hang on for one second because I have to tell you, Chris No has two or possibly three generators that he's, he's willing to give you. One says Model 52. One says 65B Hitachi. You can have that too. Um, so Chris No, get in touch with Rob Nussbaum at RetroCycle.com. I'm Thanks, Chris. That's sure. very nice. Very nice of you. Uh, Joseph Joseph Ferrari would like to Joe talk. Joe Ferrari, yes. Ferrari, I'm that sorry. Was, that was his. That was his model thirty. I meant to bring that up before. Joe, that's your. That was his model thirty that we converted from six volt to twelve volt. So well, he would like to talk about uh, converting from six to twelve volts sometime in this segment, also. Okay, so. Um, so we're on to the growler test. Um, George Unruh just said, do you undercut the mica? And we're actually going to get to that in a little bit, too. But let's go to the, the testing growler. This is a good generator. This is a no-good generator. So, and I'm going to play that again. First, tell everybody the, the difference between the good and the no-good, and I'll play that one more time for them. Okay, so the, the growler magnetizes the um, armature. And as you rotate it through the growler and it's running the field through the armature, um, 
if you hover that hacksaw blade over it as you're turning it and it doesn't get sucked down to the armature, then you have a good armature. Go ahead. And then if it does stick, I'm not seeing it on the screen. I don't know if it's going It's sticking now. So if it does stick and it gets magnetized down to the frame, then that that's there's a short, and that armature needs to be rewound or replaced. Right on. Okay, so from that point, do you want to go to the undercutting now? Sure. Okay. Because after we turn the after we turn the commutator down, you need to undercut uh, between the segments. And this kind of answers. What Mark, Mark was asking about right. and what um, George Unruh George. Was, was asking. Right. Also some high-speed video coming up. Well, because there's like I don't know if it would take so long. It's like, it goes so fast. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't look like that work is that hard, Rob. Why does it always take you so long, Rob, whenever these videos are going really fast? What a pair Mark, of ball that's, that's my favorite question. What takes so long? <laughs> and anybody who has a shop can relate to what takes so long. Why does it cost so much? <laughs> it's only a generator. It's only a generator. <laughs> it's one of the smallest parts on the bike. Yeah. Okay, so we, we've already gone through the three brush versus two brush comparison chart. Right. But I have the... Uh, the HD service bulletin to bring up. And let's talk because that relates to the three brush versus two brush. So let's bring that up. Bring three brush versus two brush or which thing up? Uh, no, the HD bulletin. service bulletin. Okay. Well, look at that. Would you look at that? Conversion of three brush generator to two brush generator for greater output. Harley Davidson service bulletin of 1961. Showing you how to rewire your generator for greater output. Hmm. Greater hallway vision. In 1961. Yeah. Okay, so in 1958, they went to two brush. Uh, actually, maybe 1952 on the K model. But anyways, um, they went to, to two brush. They realized it was a better system. The voltage is now going to be regulated. So that's why they did that. And then so they recommended regulators to use with this system. All right, Don. Okay, so, so. Now I'm lost. Here we are. Oh, so then, then we go through all this stuff and we test it. We put every, once all that armature is all cleaned up, we put it back on the growler and do all those tests again. All right. Which we can do pretty quickly after that. Okay. These are our replacement regulators. These look just like the, the three brush relays, but they're actually a regulator. They cannot be used in a three brush system. You have to have a two brush system. But when you put the cover on them, nobody knows the difference. And I think that might be the next picture. I'm not sure. No, now that's your standard relay with points and vibration susceptible and a lot of times these things are fried there are reproductions i haven't found a really good one yet now they also make it in a solid state that's a relay and it's basically just a diode in there that restricts the flow of the, of the 
Oh, Walter Coro, comment of the night. Look, looks like an old Buick horn relay. That's priceless. It does. Yeah, right. They, yeah, well, they that and people will, people will go out and try and find these old relays, and they'll find a three post relay and think, oh, I can use that with my Harley. Uh-uh, ain't gonna work. Nope. Okay, so we're on to the uh, relay cover. The old Delco Remy cover. And then in the next shot, shows it installed over the base. So it looks exactly the same as the original. So that's, you can rewire your generator to brush, have a more efficient system. And if for judging, nobody's going to know the difference. Now that gets us a a pretty solid knowledge of the, the components, the years, everything. But you were nice enough to put together uh, a whole series of pictures on assembly so people can get an idea of, uh, of of what it looks like inside one of these things. Right. So I think we have a picture of the fuel coils. Yep. Okay. So this is what a new set of fuel coils would look like. And then I get them, and sometimes they're trashed. That coating has been burnt off. I have this tape that I can rewrap the fuel coils. And sometimes I will take the time and rewrap an original set of field coils as long as there's not a short. I do a continuity test on the field coil, check the resistance rating on the field coil, and then this is what it would look like after it hasn't been laying around the shop a while and bumping <laughs> in the dirty field coils in the same drawer. That would be nice and white, but who cares because it's inside the generator. Okay. All right, so those are new ones from one of my suppliers. So starting with the field coils, again, we're going to go to the okay, go so, through the assembly. Right, so there's your tape. There's the other field coil. and My bad, hang on. I blew any it. Other? I had all the transitions set up, Rob. It's all right. You'll find it. Any other questions, Mark? You got anything for me here? I, I don't know. I, I was just going through. Uh, I was. Were just, you awake? I was. Just, well, I just said I, I had to go upstairs and wake Heather up. Just to let you know, like two seconds ago, I, I caught her nodding off. Her head kept smacking into the camera. I'd go wake her up. I was wondering what I the clicking see, noise I was. See she's thrilled. <laughs> Hey, you, you know what? You know what the greatest thing is 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 sometimes we'll get into these conversations where we're talking about machining processes or you know like yesterday we were welding so I came home and I'm like blah, 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 I'm talking about you know different tungstens and different thicknesses and different thickness of rod and, and all this and she'll literally stop me in the middle and she'll go I haven't been listening to you for 15 minutes. dude I do that to Dana please, like three times stop a day talking just just stop talking. <laughs> So actually, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What I actually say is, isn't there someone you can call? <laughs> yeah, it would be me, and I hang up on him. So. I'm like, can't you call Will or something about this? <laughs> oh, so ladies and gentlemen, let me way. ask you something. Then you put that? So you that was your man moment. You weren't listening, right? Is, is I'm going to be totally honest with you because I cannot lie. I totally checked out. <laughs> of course you did. No, I mean when you said to when you said to when Chris said that you weren't listening to him. Oh, that's what she means. That's your oh, no. man. That's I your man moment because we're always accused of not listening. <laughs> Get a view of corn no, and a wake up at there. I do listen to him. Wait, a minute. I do listen to him, and I actually do ask questions. But there's a certain point where he gets so technical. I'm just like. <laughs> 
I like you're speaking a foreign language to me. Like, don't you want to have an intelligent conversation that somebody can like actually respond with something? Otherwise, I'm like, uh huh, yep, wow. <laughs> you bitch. That's what you mean when you say uh huh, uh huh, wow. That's what you. I didn't uh-huh. really. Uh-huh. Now I find out uh-huh. you've been bullshitting me. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh geez, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, great. Baby. Know, Actually, the other ones. That's great, baby. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Let's go back to generator talk for God's sakes. So we're, we're good night, Heather. Good night, night Lulu Bell. Wherever you are, <laughs> we're starting. We're. St- you deserve it. Your mother said I deserve it. So we're going. Oh, I thought she was I saying that Heather. to Heather. Heather, yeah. how's your mother? What? How is your mother? <laughs> I don't know. You just woke her up. <laughs> <laughs> well, she says you deserve it. Yep. She's oh. talking to me. The whole show's yeah. going to shit right now. Can know, we please yeah. let's assemble this generator? Yeah, and let's get let's get it assembled. So, so the, the big bed. question is, could you make this so you can shock somebody with it? Because I have a weird feeling there's going to be one mounted to someone's pillow. <laughs> who who said? Who said? Oh, Walter Cora said, "Get the Buick Harcorn out. That'll wake Heather up." <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a car horn, but there. Car horn. <laughs> I caught it. All right, we're assembling the generator. Let's put this baby together. Those are the pole shoes. Then the the field coils go on the pole shoes. The knee bones connected to the okay ass bone. Yeah, there you go, ass bones. <laughs> uh, she's real short. Keep going. <laughs> Next, look at that snap ring. What's that do? That goes in this hole right here on the end. Like that. Inserted, <laughs> right? Okay, installed. Seal next. Seal installed. Bearing next. Oh, sorry. Did we miss the bearing? No, that comes up. No, he was jumping the gun. I was jumping the gun. He was trying so to speed we... up like that video of him cleaning the armature up. Here's one field coil installed. On one side, this is the white one goes on the right. Orange one goes on the left. There's your bearing. Put it in there. We press it in. Nice and neat. Next comes the armature installed. You want to have a minimum of seven thousandths between the armature and the pole shoes. And what do you measure it out with? I... I can do it by feel, but now but you can use a feeler gauge. Is that what you, you do, feeler gauge? Yeah. Basically, you want to have it rock in there just a little bit so it don't, you know. And we pull down those pole shoes. A lot of times, that's that's trouble, the, getting them to pull tight enough to get that armature in there. Mm-hmm. This is the difference between a Model 52 and the earlier 32E um, generator frame ends, the commutator ends. On the left, you'll see a slight bump just above the uh, the holes uh-huh. in the foreground. And on the right, you'll see it's flat straight across. Uh, Rich Brown, who also does generators, been doing them for years and years and years. He actually told me about this. And thanks to Rich Brown for all that. I appreciate that. So there's a top view of the Model 52 commutator end. And there's your 32E saying, wow. 
This is how I get the brushes, the brush holders when they show up for a Model 32E, greasy, dirty. That's exactly how we got a shovel head off of Jason Sims. <laughs> just, I'm just, I, listen. Just like that, greasy, I, dirty. Yeah, I love it, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Not hating, just saying. <laughs> Not hating. Hater's going to hate. <laughs> so we throw them in the glass bead machine. They go in the basket so we don't lose them in the bottom. Nice. This is how they look when they bla after they're blasted. We clean them up a little bit, polish them, and then they look like that, nice and shiny. And then these are all the components for the commutator end that has to be put together. Gaskets have to be in the right spot. Brush holders have to be in the right place. We tap all the holes out. And then we assemble the commutator end. So do you cut your own Bakelite out for that, or you have a... No, you can get that whole kit from Colony with, oh, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, with the posts, the nuts, the washers. I don't know if the gaskets... I don't think you get the gaskets with that kit. And then the Bakelite pieces. And then there's insulated bushings that go in the hole in there so oh. those posts don't touch the metal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then these are the other components for the end. So what you have is the uh, bearing shield, the bearing holder, the gasket, uh, the thrust washer for the bearing, the bearing, the two pulp, the two frame screws that hold the two ends of the generator together, and the nut and the washer that go on the other end to tighten the whole thing down, and that should be coming up. So that goes in there, and then your washer goes in. Then the bearing goes in, then the gasket goes in, and then we try and tuck the wires away behind the frame screw. I think maybe the next shot shows the frame screw installed. Well, that's coming in from the other end with the frame screw, the long frame screw, and that shows the wire tucked behind the frame screw so it doesn't come down, hit the armature, and short out. Mm. And then this is uh, with the, getting the wiring nice and neat in place where it's supposed to be and then the brushes get into oh and then we start doing the end play on the armature there's a bearing let's wake heather up again uh <laughs> so then there's also a bakelite washer that goes in there uh on top of the first shim and then we put some more shims in after that i think we're did you lose the picture? There we go. So we get the shims up to nice and level with that shield. Then we install the bearing on top of that in the carrier with the gasket. I use an awl to locate the hole because that thing will rotate on you. And then I put the two screws in to hold it in place. And I take the awl out, put the other screws in. I put it in the press, press it down, all nice and tight together. Tighten the three screws. Put the nut on, tighten that down, and that's that's not the finished product because I don't have the third brush on it, but that's good enough for the test. We put the brushes in, take the brushes, we install them in the proper location, and now we're ready for a test with the brushes in place, and we're back to the field coils. <laughs> that was me. I was coming <laughs> around. Well, that's my fault because of where they were. But. So... This is something that I want to talk about because um, I Hold know. <sighs> All right, <laughs> Heather made me on. I know a few guys that uh, that do this work, and it seems like 
one of the things that you have to be able to do to do this work is actually build your own test bench. Bazinga. So <laughs> listen, you, look at you. Look at you with the segues, huh? Well, I'm just saying because Kiwi Mike turned me on to a cat in uh, Australia and and just the just the machine that you have to build to test these things is is too much for me. It's too much wiring shit for me. So when you sent these pictures in today, I was like, "Oh, you're one of those." Didn't, didn't <laughs> we? We saw this once before when he was on. What's in your shop, right? Yeah. Didn't we yeah, go through this? A, yeah. He took us past it. So this yeah, is yeah. your this is your test bench. Yeah, I built this box. Need to so say this his, is trailer, a his trailer this doesn't is have lights on it. Just to remember. <laughs> this is what your trailer doesn't have lights on it. Just to let everybody not know. anymore. No, the big dog motorcycle doesn't have lights on it anymore. <laughs> Um, I needed a box that I could take over to the bike and regardless of what generator was on it, I could test the generator while it was still in the bike by just disconnecting it from the bike and hooking it up to this box. Uh So it's like, okay, so now I need one that's got those three brush or two brush, six volt or 12 volt. And I spent a few days designing this thing and building it and putting it together. So this is the front side of it with all the switches and toggles and bells and whistles. This is a side that you hook up to the generator and the battery. And then that's the front side of it with six volt headlight or a 12 volt headlight. Right on. So basically it simulates a motorcycle electrical system minus the coil in a box. So, okay. Uh, yep. Walter Kuro says, how about a meter? Didn't we have the meter on the other side, right? Yeah, the meter was on the other side. And we're not going to get into amperage, talking about amperage tonight, because that's a whole other story with the carbon pile and the loading, the generator and all that. But, yeah, there's, there's, the, there's the volt meter. And basically, if your generator works and, and makes this box work, then it's good to go. So... Okay. Um, I think the next thing is what the video. Yeah, the this was uh, this is your your test procedure video, and this I want to say a very special thank you to Rebecca Cunningham for yes, this Rebecca, together. really, definitely, she saved us on this one. Okay, so what we have here is a test box that simulates uh, what goes on in the motorcycle. So I can take this over to the bike; it lifts off, and I can test your generator right on the bike. But I use it on the test bench to test the generators that I've finished. And I have a Model 52 two-brush generator in the cradle right now, ready to go. So let's test this generator and see how it goes. So I turn this on to 6 volt. I turn this to 6 volt, and I'm already set to two-brush. I turn the machine on, and I have 6.5 volts. I'll turn the lights on. It's a low beam, high beam. I have just under six and a half volts, about 6.4. Back to low beam. I can test the brake light. Turn the lights off. I'm back up about 6.6 volts. And this generator is working fine. So we've got a good generator here. Okay, I'll go and shut the machine off now. I'll turn the box off. And that's it. This generator is good to go. All right. What he said. 
<laughs> so you know we're we're having some fun at your expense making jokes and stuff, but uh, this is no, no. that's cool. It's all the it's listen. You gotta have a thick skin to be in the motorcycle game. Trust me. I mean, well, and I just want to make sure that you know how much we appreciate it because it's not like you can have. You know, just anybody show up and have a you know a whole a whole tutorial on generrators, how they work, how to fix them, you and, know, and that goes in anything though. I mean, you have you have guys. There's so that, much more to this. Than, yeah. you know, I mean, that's that's actually a Reader's Digest version of the whole oh, yeah. thing. You know, yeah, you you have guys like I had I I had a shop for uh, automotive shop for a long time, and man, I took alternators off and I never touched them. I handed them to my buddy Bill, and just like yep. with you, there are so many guys that not that. I couldn't rebuild those alternators. I obviously couldn't have done one of these. It was out of my realm at that time. But to drop it off to you, and, and when you come back, you know it's going to work. You're not going to have an issue. That's worth its weight in gold after you rebuild the motor or redoing whatever, however. And, you know, I think that's what I was saying earlier, too. I, you might have misunderstood me, Rob, but trying to make the point about it being worth the money to have somebody that does this work, I was really trying to make the point that it's almost a, a disappearing art because when we were young, like Mark is saying, it was never a question. Generator, alternator, we had a we had a shop down the street that you ran that thing down and they oh, did yeah. all the work because they did three thousand of them a month. You know what right. I mean? And there's just not there's not right. those kind of places anymore. They're disappearing. You know, and it's it's important whenever you have because even even buying something new, you, you know, you can you can buy like you were talking about psychoelectric and stuff. But if you're going to get that. If you, especially some of those older models like that, if you're going to get that thing for your vintage motorcycle, you do want to keep it, yeah. you know, in that in that original frame and with the tags and everything. Like that's that's crucial for a lot of these guys that are in the old bike game. Absolutely, uh, Michael Milwaukee. Mike wants to know about converting six to twelve volt, and I I don't know specifically what he wants to wants to know is I guess maybe the advantage. I think the advantage of running 12 volt mostly is that the availability of light bulbs and coils and points and things like that are, are, are more readily available as far as uh, being able to run to a chopper shop or an auto parts store or something like that. So um, I know a lot of people think brighter lights and I did too, but basically I'm finding that with, the LED headlights and whatnot, that makes a difference. The, the idea is to keep your amperage down. These regulators that I have regulate at less than 10 amps. Uh, it's 10 amps is the peak limit on it, and then they cut out, uh, which is a nice peak feature because they, they have a safety built into them. But um, the thing of it is, is you want to make sure that your the load on your on your system is not higher than 10 amps and you would think with 12 volts well you cut the amperage in half by going to 12 volts but it seems like the quartz and the halogen headlights um for some reason just suck up the amperage so it's very important to know what you want to do with these before you run these generators i hope that answered your question well he he actually came back and said in the same body if you have six volt can you change parts to do a 12 so i think he's asking is it possible to to keeping, change it keeping that look that original piece and put a 12 volt in a six volt okay so what i do with the 32 e's and i did with the model 30 is i made it a 12 volt uh system for the customers um in the original body yes oh okay 
Well, there you go, Mike. There you go. All right. Well, listen, man, I want to thank you again for, for coming on and doing this. We actually have one comment up so far from Rob Lations, um, who says that this has been the best tech talk he's he's seen online so far. So, uh, Well, I hope everybody – is everybody else awake? <laughs> is anybody out there? Hello? So, like, Rob, we, Rob, we have all the pictures and stuff. Are you actually going to do a tech article for us of the magazine? Because obviously, this has been a great interest to. I think if we just to the if we just go back guys. and type out everything that he just said, we, we already got it. We don't, we don't need you to do shit. We yeah, he did it here. Wait, tech Heather article just by fell minute. off her chair again. Wait a, wait a damn minute here. <laughs> tech article by Rob Nussbaum. There's going to be a tech article and I a corresponding. What's it pay? <laughs> Some Taylor Ham. Uh, can I get Taylor Ham? <laughs> That's right. Uh, right Inquiring on. minds want to know. Keith Cardell said he got a charge out of this. All right, man. Just what this show needs, another comedian. Make sure you check them out. Like I said, it's RetroCycle.com. You can see them on social media, everything, too. But um, You got a charge out of it. The whole show. We're really hoping that we get up there and uh, and get some time with the motor guy, too, because... Chief, I hope you would. I mean, I'm trying to to work that out. Yeah. Man, God willing, the floodgates open up, man, because it'd be really nice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Booten, Booten, New Jersey. Booten, thank you, everybody, for bearing with us on this segment. I, re- I really appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate all of you who watch all the shows on the Source Media Network. We, re- we really uh, love seeing all these viewers that we see from week to week. And tell all your friends, bring them in. Uh, this is really getting to be exciting, the Cycle Source stuff. And you can uh, you can check out Rob and Jason Sims nine PM on Wednesdays for the Motorcycle Cannibal Hump Chronicles. Day. Hump day, and uh, I think we're gonna cut you loose, man, and and Thank we're you, probably sir. gonna wrap up for the show. So thanks for being here again. Thanks to all of you guys. Thanks to um, you know Chopper Town, everybody at Cycle Source Shop Talk ninety to one hundred twenty minutes, closer to one hundred twenty, actually over one hundred twenty tonight. But we want to thank you guys for letting us into your headspace. Thanks to Dennis Kirk for letting us use the studio for the night. Um, get to some more news and stuff next week, I promise you guys. But we had too much good stuff to get to. So uh, we went a little bit over on that. But Over? Let me look and tell you who next week's guest is. Go oh, ahead. Oh, boy. Who is it? I, who is it? I'm looking. I said, let me look. All right, I'll do it. Oh, we have the guys from Paint Huffer. Nice. Oh, cool. Yeah, Paint Huffer cool. Metal Flake. I'm in on that. That's nope. going to be cool. That's my jam, boy. You give me a little fitty That's fitty. Right. I'm in. Little Dude, fitty I've, fitty. I've actually been watching their uh, some of their Metal Flake, and their flip is like crazy. Like yeah. the stuff them, them dudes throw up on Instagram, really. Uh, I'm super interested in a lot of that stuff. So, Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of great guests coming up, man. Um you. I know. Can I run down the list a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. So people can set their calendars. Yep. So we have Paint Huffer, Metal Flake next week. The week after that is we have the DeHaven. They are a new um, motorcycle gear riding apparel product that just launched. Um, super nice people. I think a lot of you will recognize, Aaron, at least Aaron, 
um, from his previous endeavor. After that, we have the guys from Barnstorm Cycles. Um, they're super cool. And then following that to round out February, we have Jace Hudson from Fast Life Garage. So we've got some great shows lined up. You know, I've been waiting to get Jace on here for a good long time. He was one of, uh, believe it or not, I don't get interviewed that, that very often. And he was one of my first podcast interviews. Like, you know, other, I think other than, than two wheel forever two wheels he was one of my one of my very danger first dan. yeah danger dan too but dan came danger out dan. after after jace interviewed dude, me that um, the danger dan cracks me up that yeah. dude is fun he is man he's a rolling him. circus man yes, i love it i love it he's all real that's for damn sure all right oh man listen uh until next week you guys get out into the garage do something if it's too cold to ride where you're at like it is where we are do something. The heat's in the tools, I promise you. Again, to Austin Andrella, thank you so much for having me and Mark up. We learned so much. Um, Nancy Weems, the build is going great. Uh, we're getting ready to get back into the second part of the Shovelhead build with Rich Petoniak up in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, and, and we're going to pick up a donor bike this weekend. Yes, that's right. For another super secret undercover project. Tell them what kind of bike, Heather. It is going to be a 1988 FXR. Yeah, yeah buddy. And we're not making that one into a 70s chopper. I promise you, something different. Now for something completely different. All right, so we're going to cut you guys loose. Thanks for being here with us and taking the time to watch Shop Talk. Um, remember, support everything on Chopper Town because it's, uh, it's good people awesome. doing good stuff. Um, until next week. We'll be back same chopper time. Same chopper channel. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> <laughs>